Hey, and welcome to the ADD Entrepreneur. This is our flagship podcast, uh, and I'm really excited to kick this off with um, an entrepreneur with ADD who happens to be a good friend of mine. Uh, so today we are joined by Ross Fruin, one of the co-founders and the CEO of um, Portland, Oregon-based uh, paid media marketing firm, SearchLogic. How you doing, Ross? Good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. No, glad, my to be, pleasure. glad to be the first. <laughs> uh, yeah, me too. Um, do me a favor. Before we jump in uh, to my list of questions, tell me a little bit about SearchLogic. Yeah, so um, SearchLogic is a direct response marketing agency, um, like you said, located in Portland, Oregon. And uh, we started about five years ago. This is our sixth year as of uh, January. Um, and we work primarily with uh, mid-market brands, um, companies that... Um, you know, are kind of in the, I guess, 100000 to a half million dollar a month in kind of digital advertising spend range. Um, and uh, our, one of our more primary focuses recently is uh, really B2C and B2B lead gen companies that have to integrate sales cycles and sales teams into the, into the process and just helping, helping brands understand um, how to connect all those pieces of the puzzle together. And... Uh, and how to optimize them individually based off of data they have on, on each part of that process. And so, um, small team, uh, about 20 of us here and, um, it's not small. Yes. Well, yeah, I guess, I guess depends on what you, what you're comparing it to. Right. But it's certainly not, um, it's not been an easy experience, but it's definitely been fun. Um, and excited to talk about, um, some of the hurdles, I, I guess you could say that I've had to overcome personally, um, with, you know, my, with my ADD and all those types of things. So, um, no, totally. And it's, it's, uh, it's funny cause it's, it's, it's more and more socially acceptable. I think not only to have it, but to talk about it, but it's still never, it's, it's at least for me, it's not become something that is like easy to talk about just yet. Cause it, it's still, yeah. it's still, you know, it's, it's that second D like it's still, it's still called a disorder. disorder yeah. and, like, well, and, and I think that's a good point. Cause it's, um, you know, I, I can't imagine in 20 years, I think that I, I think that compared to, to 20 years ago, so if you look at a gap of 40 years, I mean, the amount of people that are going to struggle with some type of this is just going to be outrageous because people are growing up with everything instantly, you know, at the tips of their fingers. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's partially a bright, it's, it's obviously, I, I believe at least personally that it's part, partially genetic, right? Um, some people have it worse than others, but I think as a byproduct of, of how we engage now with media, I think that everybody is going to have it to some extent compared to, to what people have now. Yeah, I, I could not agree more. Um, and with that said, let's, uh, let's dive right in here. Um, cool. So yeah, some of these are going to be more like transactional, um, just so, you know, uh, you know, me and, and everybody listening um, can get a sense of, of sort of what your life cycle uh, of dealing with this has, has been like. And then, and then some of these yeah. obviously are going to be, uh, you know, give you the chance to expound a little bit more and, and have some personality come out. So Absolutely. the first one is um, how old were you when you started displaying signs of ADD? Um, yeah. So I think, uh, I, unfortunately, I really wanted to uh, potentially sit down with one of my parents and ask him some of these questions before I had the interview, but I haven't had time. I think I personally started to realize it really once, um, once studies and um, formal education, I guess, became more formal. So really it was, it was junior high after elementary school when, when things were much more, you know, if you look at at least how I learned in elementary school, things were, there was a lot more hands-on stuff. There was a lot more kid aesthetic and visual learning. And I think 
um, as you progressed into, or at least me personally, as I progressed into junior high and high school, it became much more about um, about reading, about writing, stuff like that. And I think that's when I really started to to have issues with it that um, that caused you know performance problems as it relates to um, to my success in as a student. Uh, that makes sense. So that that sort of that dovetails perfectly to question number two, which is um, who was the person who noticed? It sounds like it was you. Um, I think it. Yeah, I, I think it was me. I think that my parents probably. I think that my parents probably noticed before me as it relates to maybe grades and stuff like that. Um, and I think that my dad, you know, my father's like um, one of the people in my life that I just tr- attribute so much of my success to. Because I, th- I think one of the things that that I was really blessed with at a young age was, was at least one parent that understood this. Um, and you know, didn't like, I think a lot of parents are so quick to be like, well, you need a, you know, you need a drug or you need blah, blah, blah. Cause it's just, you're outside of the box. And they don't know how to deal with it. And I think my dad was, has always had a very entrepreneurial spirit. So I think that he got it and there was, there was a lot of grace for it, but, but none, nonetheless, I think that they, they figured it out early on just because performance, um, you know, my mom was always very traditional and, she was a teacher herself, um, still, or actually just retired last year. Um, so, so she mostly just, she didn't understand what was happening. There wasn't a lot of grace for it. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I think I realized, like I said, your, your last question, just thinking back now more and more, I think that I knew I had some issue early on, you know, in grade school. I think that I didn't start to really realize that, um, it was something that other people struggle with, like the kind of the awareness that ADD was a thing probably until, you know, more, more like high school age. Oh, totally. Um, my, 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 um, my teacher, my first and second grade teachers thought I had like a learning disability. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the part that um, hopefully we, we'll, we'll, we'll get there, but um, that's the piece that I think that I'm just more and more passionate about is I think so many people leave high school feeling like they're, they're inadequate individuals because, you know, they, they struggle with this. And I think that's, for me, that's, that's something that I fought for the, for 10 years, for a decade after high school, trying to, you know, trying to just realize this, like, it just doesn't mean that I'm, I'm not intelligent. It's just, I, I learn differently. I, um, I focus differently. I, I focus on different things. Um, so hopefully we'll get into that, but yeah, I think um, I, I definitely, I think my parents definitely noticed um, a little bit earlier um, that, um, that it was something I had. No, I mean, it, 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 yeah, that makes uh, it makes a ton of sense. Um, actually, um, all right. With all that said, uh, number three. Again, this, these these actually are flowing way better than I thought they would. <laughs> considering you know this is our this is my first run through uh, through this as well. Um, yeah. Were you professionally tested and diagnosed? So I believe at a very I think like. I think my mom, my mom had her family go to this counselor. Um, and I, I kind of remember this guy vividly. Um, and I think this was, this was probably sixth or seventh grade. It was right around the time when, when my parents had gotten separated. Um, and I think, rem- I remember her saying that he gave me some test for it. I don't remember taking it. Um, maybe that was intentional. I don't know. Um, but I did the first time I personally got myself tested. Um, I think it was around the age of 25, you know, when I was kind of like in a couple of years into my first career and it was starting to, to just kind of piss me off. Um, and so I went to this, I went to the psychologist and, um, or psychiatrist or you know, whatever, I forget which one it was, but, um, it, it was, 
you know, it was goofy. It was, it was kind of like before, uh, before marijuana was legal in Oregon, yeah, yeah. Get, get, getting a, uh, getting a, a marijuana ID card was kind of the equivalent of just finding the right doctor and saying like, Hey, you know, I have XYZ problem. And he's like, you need weed. <laughs> um, and, I, <laughs> and I think, um, I think, you know, my, my experience about being prescribed something or, or being diagnosed quote unquote by a doctor, you know, I, I remember going to him and he's like, do you, you know, do you have stro- do you have problems focusing? And I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> is that, <laughs> is that really a test? Um, and then he's, you know, he, I remember he gave me the scenario. He's like, imagine you're, you know, I, f- I forget exactly what it was, but he's like, imagine you're, you know, you're working on your house and, um, you know, you're putting up Christmas lights and you go to grab your ladder and then, you know, you get to the ladder and you forget, you forget, you fit your, you forget what you were doing or something like that. It was like this just obscene scenario. And I'm like, I guess. And then, you know, it's just, it was bizarre. It wasn't like, it was nothing what I was expecting. I was expecting to take some like written test where there's this conclusive evidence that I had this, you know, massive learning disability. Yep. Um, and, and at the end of it, he, um, he said, yeah, I think that you'd, you know, it's something you struggle with. Um, again, questionable how he came to that conclusion, but nonetheless, I feel like internally I, I knew that I had it, so I didn't need validation from a doctor other than really to to attempt to try to 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 um, solve the issue, so to say. Um, so yeah, it was it was I, I did get diagnosed. It, it wasn't I didn't super like I didn't think it was a, a very um, convincing diagnosis, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd be curious about like, have, did you get diagnosed with it? I know you're the one asking questions, but I mean, I'm just kind of curious, like <laughs> I've never it. actually talked to anybody about, you know, any formal testing that's been done. Yeah. So I, uh, it was like in second grade, like when the, the, the sign, like, you know, getting sent to the principal's office, like 15 times in two years, um, in, in Catholic school in second grade, they were like, you know, you know, your son's uh, got some sort of learning disability. Like something is, something is wrong with your child. Yeah. Um, so they took me and got me tested for a couple of things. And I remember like it was done in Philadelphia and it would be really expensive. Like insurance didn't cover it because my parents were talking about this. And, um, and then when it came back that I had, uh, you know, that I had ADHD, the, the you know, they initially they were like, uh, well, Ritalin, like, yeah, like your son needs to be on Ritalin. And my mom was all about it. Like me and my mom didn't like get along when I was a child, um, probably because of, of this. Uh, it's probably a big part of it. Um, but my dad was like pretty pretty vehemently against putting me on Ritalin. Yeah. Um, so uh, instead, we, my parents picked up our whole family and moved us, like new house, new town, new school. Uh, they found a school that actually had what they called an enrichment program. Uh, uh. And it was, it was based on like an IQ threshold. And it was like, a, it was, you know, kids that were, were being disruptive because they were just bored to fucking tears in, cl- in regular class. I was, I was getting my schoolwork done in like second grade, like first and second grade in like an hour and we had six hours to do it. So like I'd sneak out and go wander the halls and, you know, go to the water fountain and, and do things that, you know, seven and eight year olds do. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, a formal diagnosis came, uh, but my parents, uh, you know, which I'm thankful, of, thankful for, uh, opted not to have me de- develop a um, me- uh, chemical dependence at an early age, at least. That's great. Cool. That's cool to hear. Um, awesome. All right. So moving on here. Number four is how did this affect your relationships as a kid and a young adult? Yeah. Um, great question. I, uh, you know, as far as like social awkwardness or, you know, communication challenges or, or anything, I think that it, I, I was 
luckily it's not a fact that I was, always, you know, I was out a lot of friends and stuff like that. And um, I don't think it, it affected me that way. I think the, the one way, you know, when I look back is um, I was not put in an enrichment program. And, and, you know, part of the thing I want to discuss at some point is just like what really motivates ADD people and why I think looking back on it, why, why I didn't do well. Um, and, um, you know, I was, I was in high school, I got into a program for, for essentially people who were, were basically done, like for people who were essentially like, I'm, I'm ready to give up high school. Uh, and so they had this program at our, at our school called the alternative program. Um, and it, it was essentially a, a kind of like another form of learning. It was very visual. It was very kinesthetic. It was a lot of hands-on, it was a lot of projects. Um, but it was kind of like, it was, it, was, it, was, it was very well known that it was kind of for the quote unquote, like outcasts. Um, and so I think it affected my relationships in the sense that like um, anybody who goes into any class like that ends up getting some form of like bullying or whatever, you know, whatever term you want to use to call it. Yeah. Um, and so I think in high school, although I did have a lot of friends, um, like I, th I think I was that guy, um, you know what I mean? And so I think it affected, it affected relationships in that way and ultimately created a lot of insecurity later on that, um, that I had to deal with. Um, so I think that was the, the probably the biggest thing. And I think the um, se secondarily to that, as a young adult, I think one of the largest effects it maybe had is just um, on in, in, and actually currently, I think if I were to say currently, where is the biggest area it affects me? And a lot of times it has to do with conversations. So I've learned over time how to deal with my ADD on like a daily, like a macro, like daily basis. Um, and I think some of your questions are going to address how I've done that with, with different tools and stuff I've used and how I organize my day. Um, but the challenges that I really have, and I think when the ADD comes out the most for me is like when I'm in a conversation with my wife or um, one of the other people's, one of the other people here and, you know, maybe they're not getting to the point as soon as I, as, as soon as my brain can, can like, I can wrap my head around. Yeah, exactly. I think that I'm, I'm, I'm can understand things. I learn quickly. I, I get my brain wrapped around stuff quickly. And I think um, sometimes in conversations where I've gotten it, but it continues to drag on and really start to lose focus. And it's not because I don't care. It's just because my, my brain is literally just going so fast from one thought to the next. Um, and so obviously that, especially in a marriage that could, Oh, it's been huge. Yeah. It's, I've, I'm writing a post on how, like on, on the downsides of ADD and it's, it's, it's a hundred percent interpersonal. Yeah. And so I think I would say that's the biggest one is like, I, there's, there's times where, um, you know, and, and thank God that I've been blessed with such an amazing wife. Like, I think there's times where sometimes I'm, I just have to say like, wait, what, <laughs> you know, just to go back and, um, and kind of repeat as I realize that I'm thinking about, you know, the kind next pro things. project. Exactly. So I think that's probably the biggest um, way I would say that or way that I would say it's affected um, relationships uh, at, with other people. Um, I think my first answer was more so how it's kind of affected me personally uh, uh, from a relationship level. Yeah, no, no, no. That, um, no, that was, that was a good round answer. Um, so, uh, what was the most identifying characteristic that you saw in yourself? Um, and, and, and has it changed, uh, you know, over time, over the past 20 years? Um, I think the, the part we just talked about is, is probably the one piece that, that hasn't changed a lot. I think that's the most, um, I, I think that's the, the, the biggest thing for me that I really haven't been able to overcome because I just think it's the most pure form of what ADD really is. Um, and there's, there's not a lot of mechanism that I can use in a conversation 
to fix it. Like there's mechanisms I can put in, my, in place in other areas of my life to stay organized, to stay on task. There's, there's not, at least that I haven't found it or, um, God, if somebody that's listening to this knows something <laughs> that to, to be able to utilize it in the middle of a conversation, you know, to help you with it. So I think that's the one piece that I would say is still the most challenging. Um, but I think over time, um, the, or, or earlier, the, the most identifying characteristics um, has, has really just been reading um, and, and homework at a young age was just incredibly hard for me when I wasn't passionate about it um, to stay focused. Um, and I think that's still a, still, still a case. You know, I, I have a, a methodology for how I get through a lot of books every year. Um, you know, I read a lot of them on on Blinkist summaries, and if I think they're good, then I'll go to Audible, um, and so I consume a lot of data through through Audible, and then if yeah. it's a, something that's really, really good, um, just finished Ego's the Enemy, um, amazing book, so then I'll, I'll take that, and I'll, I'll actually go through and actually read it, um, because I'm just not, I'm not somebody, and if I came to grips with this a long time ago, and like, thank God for technologies like Audible, I'm not somebody who's going to read a book a week, like I just, it won't happen, um, and me attempting to do that is fighting my biological makeup um and i can i can get through it and get just as much out of it as if i can if i can listen to it while i'm stuck in the car for 45 minutes every morning um so yeah i think um i think over time i think over time it's yeah it's it's been fairly consistent honestly i've just learned how to deal with it in most areas um yeah no that's that's pretty that's pretty much on point with, with, uh, with at least how I see myself. Um, same challenges for the most part. They just, they, you know, my perception of, of them and how they affect mostly conversations more than anything. And probably more so with my wife than anybody else. Uh, cause it's, 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 it's funny to think about it in that context. Like she don't want to tell me how her day goes and I, and I want, and I care and I'm paying attention and I, and I genuinely want to know, but 15 minutes into the conversation, I'm thinking about a work project and I, absolutely and I can't, like I almost can't help it. Um, so do you take any medication to help control your ADD? Uh, there's coffee. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, I've tried, I've tried the two, the two main guys, which are, um, Ritalin and Adderall. Um, I, I wasn't a fan. Did, did, were they effective? Um, I think so. Um, but I mean, that's, it's, those things are there. It's bad shit. Um, in, in my opinion. And, you know, I ended up going, I've had, um, as this is completely side note, I had heart procedure done in high school because I had arrhythmia. Um, and I've always just had like a a fluttery heart that reacts to stimulants. And so like a lot of times if I, I drink too much coffee, um, I will, my, my heart will start pacing. I'll get like double beats. And I've, you know, I've seen cardiologists for this many times over the years and, it's completely normal, but, um, some people just haven't, some people don't. And so, um, when I, whenever I would take real or Adderall, it would just kind of kick my body into the state that was just, it was uncomfortable. And, and again, it did help me focus, but the, just the side effects for me personally were way too, they just weren't worth it. Um, and it, yeah, I, quite frankly, I just, I didn't enjoy it. No, I, I got I mean, I, um, my opinion on the, on the, the fact is, I mean, there's some people that I, I, I do truly believe like that need, like that need the chemicals. I just think it should always be a last resort. Um, yeah. as opposed to, I feel like a lot of the culture, at least in, in, the, in the U S is, is sort of, uh, start with the, start with medication, start with like throw drugs at the problem. And if that doesn't work, then we'll look for alternatives. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I've, I mean, I vividly remember 
this one kid in my science class in high school who, um, you know, his, his parents had him on this stuff and I forget which one it was. Um, and, and you know, they're both forms of synthetic speed from, yep. you know, it's, it's an amphetamine. And so he was, um, he was just a different person. It was like, it just, it, it sucked the life out of him. And he was just, it was like, he was just brain dead in his class. He, he was unvocal and he didn't communicate. And then when he was off the stuff, it was, it was like a totally different person. So I think that's really, I remember this really funny Cat Williams skit. I'm not going to try and repeat it, but in one of his standups, he was talking about how, you know, his, it was this joke about how his, his um, school counselor for his children tried to tell him that, you know, he needed ADD and he goes into this whole thing about how, how absurd it was. I'd encourage you to look it up because it was hilarious, but um, I will. anyways, yeah, I think, um, it just really sucks the life out of people. And again, yeah, I, I totally agree that as a last resort, I think it works. Um, I, I, and quite frankly, I don't think that my ADD was severe enough. You know, I think that's, I think that a lot of people probably have it significantly worse. Um, and I didn't have the H part, the ADHD, you know, I've known people that have just have the hyper, like off the wall all the time energy. Um, I, that's I wasn't, yeah, yeah. So I wasn't blessed with that, so to say. <laughs> um, sometimes I wish I was, but um, yeah. So definitely tried it. Didn't love it. Probably won't use it again. Um, so moving moving out of the the ADD uh, like the ADD um, focus and, and moving more into sort of the entrepreneurial side um, of the conversation. Um, do you remember what your first business idea was? Yeah, I was I was thinking a lot about that. I, I can't say that I remember the first idea because I mean I think as an entrepreneur it's like I have ideas almost daily, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I like how to how to uh, um, and I, I think the first thing I pursued is uh, out of you know my I had a, my father again started me he made me start working when I was fourteen years old um, and I remember one of my first jobs in high school or I think it was actually right right at my my last I think I, my senior year and then like a for six or seven months afterwards, I worked at Jiffy Lube for, for a year and a half. And, um, this guy, this guy that I worked with one day said, um, you know, I, I don't know how they got in the conversation. We were talking about buying cars and he was a car guy and I'm a car guy and you're a car guy. I know that. Um, yep. and so he was like, do you know, there's these auctions you can go to and you can buy cars for like $500. And I, my immediate thought was just like, yeah, there's no way. Um, so he's like, no, just look it up. And so I, I looked up this car auction and, I went to it and I bought a, uh, the first car I bought a two th- or I bought a, uh, 1984 RX seven for $130 <laughs> and, um, yeah, r- ran and drove. And so I, 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 I took it home and cleaned it up and I sold it for, you know, I don't know, a thousand bucks or something. And so that's when that was like my first actual legitimate, you know, I can't, oh, I guess I can't say legitimate. It wasn't like a registered company with the state or anything like that. But I basically for, um, right outside of high school for a solid year and a half, uh, made pretty decent money. I would just go to auctions and buy cars, um, and sell them. And that was like, you know, that lasted for, for a solid two years. Um, but really, I mean, my first legitimate business was, was search logic, which I started, you know, when I was 28. Um, so yeah, it sort of answered. Yeah, sort of answered the second one. So it was yeah, what did you do with it? So it sounds like you you sort of tested the water a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think I think I avoided. Um, I, I what I did with it is I avoided getting a job. <laughs> <laughs> At that age, I think that was, you know, 
I think that was that was my goal at that point was to um, you know do a little bit. I did a little bit of college um, a year, and I think during that period I is when I was um, doing the car thing, uh, and then after that I kind of had more of a, a career until I started uh, until I started Search Logic. So who uh, who was your biggest entrepreneurial influence uh, while you're growing up, and then and then who is it now? Yeah, definitely growing up was my father. Um, you know, and, and I can say this, I know that he, this wouldn't bum him out or th- anything. I think my, my father was someone who really, um, learned entrepreneurialism l- late, too late in life to, to really do much with it. He, he, you know, for, he always worked really hard, but he didn't really understand the concept of working for yourself until he was in probably his mid to late forties. Um, and it was just, it's, you know, it's, it's not to say it's too late. There's people do that all the time, but it's harder, right? It's harder to do that when you have the obligations of family and all those types of things. Um, and so, um, by, I think by no means was he like financially successful in that, in that, um, in that respect. But I think what he did was the, the concepts that he learned, he just kind of pounded into my head at a really young age. Um, you know, I read rich dad, poor dad at, at 19 and, you know, say what you will about that book. There's a lot of um, stuff in there that I, I like that. I like that book. I thought there's a right. lot of good perspective in it. It's like a millionaire next door. Like it, it's Abs- not, absolutely. It's, it's, it's very conceptual. Exactly. It's pr- perspective. It's very conceptual. Um, I think the things about it where I'm just kind of like, ah, was, you know, you, I, I walked away from that book at 19 thinking that like the reasons you be an entrepreneur is because, you know, you don't want to work a lot and you want to make a lot of money. And like, <laughs> at least in my experiences, those are far from, from two things that have been um, true. And I think, you know, after, t- over time they do, the, the reward is not in the first couple of years of starting a company. But um, anyways, I, I digress. My dad, you know, my dad was, was a huge influence. He was always talking about, he, he, and he was in a, he was in a multi-level marketing company for a while. And, um, you know, again, I'm, I'm not a fan of those, but I do know a lot of people that have been in them who came from a world of employment Right. And well, I think what those, what those business businesses do well at is actually ingrain in people, the idea of, of entrepreneurialism. And so I think as my dad did that, um, he, he very much passed that on to me. And, um, again, he didn't pass on like wealth. He didn't pass on any sort of actual business or, or idea. Um, but I think just the, the perspective of, you know, and, and passion for going and doing something on your own, um, I, th- I think without that, I'd, you know, I'd probably be doing something much different. So, so who, who would you say is your, your, uh, your biggest influence now at this point in your life? This point yeah, in your life? I think I, I have a couple. Um, I would say that probably towards the top of the list is, um, is one of the guys on my board. Um, and he, uh, you know, he actually ran a local agency here in town that I think he grew over 30 years to, you know, 30 or $40 million and ended up selling it to a, a really large fortune 500 company. Um, and it's just, um, he's just one of those people that's just, he's so wise. You know, he's been through every single possible scenario you can think of related to people and relationships. And I think for me, the big, that's the big differentiator in business um, is, is people and how you treat people, how you deal with people. And, um, you know, so at search logic, I'm a, I'm not the, I'm not the only owner, I'm the CEO, but um, I have other other founders here and um, other directors that we work with, and I think just um, some of the the knowledge and wisdom that he's passed on to me as as far as it relates to emotional intelligence, as far as it relates to 
um, people and dealing with people um, has been just, I, I will say that probably without him, I, I don't know that we would be um, the company we are at this point. I think that the influence has been that, that large. It's big. So. Um, no, that was, that was awesome. Awesome answer. Um, what routines or rituals do you practice to stay productive? Yeah. Great question. So this is a big one for me. I think this was really, we're just talking about the mechanism stuff. I think this is the one thing where I've really learned to um, try and kind of grab this ADD thing by the horns and, and control it to the best I can. I think um, in my opinion, all ADD, so I have a couple tools I use and I think all ADD people need a place to kind of dump their thoughts because for me, there's just so many things that enter my brain. And if I don't, release them quote unquote and get them somewhere they just kind of stay in there and I, they keep so i keep thinking about them. so i i have a simple simple, simple tool i just use evernote um, i have it on my phone i have it on my computer um and you know if i'm in the middle of working and you know some idea comes out of some other project in the company or some other project for my brand or you know whatever it is um i just make sure and, and write it down and and that kind of helps me mentally release it at that point so I can get back to, to what I'm doing. Um, and then also just creates a log for stuff that kind of needs to be focused on at a later time. That's a really, um, it's, it's an interesting point though. Like just, like just getting it out. Like sometimes that's yeah. enough. Like, like just get it out, put it somewhere, fi you right. know, file it away for later. Just, just so it's, it's, right. it's and not, especially, I think even non ADD people, what happens is if you, if stuff like that comes into your mind, especially if it's, um, Something that's time sensitive, something that um, is impactful in some way, positive or negative. I think that we just have the tendency to dwell on it. Um, and for me pers personally, I think that if I dwell on those things, it can just go into the spiral of of an hour and a half of like, what have I just done? <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, I think um, so. That's the first part. The second part is I use an app called uh, Priority Matrix. I don't know if you've heard of that. Um, uh, yeah. for, for my my daily tasks um, and actually set it up. I got, I got this idea from, uh, it was a guy that worked at HubSpot actually. I think he was like the former growth marketing manager um, wrote an article about like all the tools he uses just to like hack his quote unquote hack his time. <laughs> um, and so he had this method called the one big thing. And so um, in this, in this priority matrix, there's, there's four quadrants. And so on the left, on the top left, I have this thing that says, um, it says one big thing. And so all that is, is like, what's the, I start my day um, or I try, this is all, this is all assuming I do all these things on a day to day basis. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm normally pretty good at it, but I start my day and I, I, I look at um, all the tasks and projects I'm focused on. I say, what's the, what's the one thing, the big thing, right. The, the elephant or the eat the whole eat the frog concept, right. What's the one thing that I need to get done? The biggest thing I need to get done today. So that goes in the top left. Um, the next, the next quadrant in the top right is just kind of like medium things. Like what are some of the medium sized things that have to be done? And I usually put like one or two, maybe three of those. And then bottom left is small things. So, to, you know, tasks that take less than 10 minutes um, that need to be done for the day. I put in the bottom left um, and then the bottom right, there's a quadrant that just says if there's time. Um, so if there's, if there's time at the end of all those things getting finished, um, that's, um, that's where I focus on. If, if not, then I'll, I'll just pass them. I use a, uh, I use a Chrome browser extension that's very similar um, that just builds all that in, in. So every time I open a new tab, that's, that's what I'm greeted with. Like what's my one main task that I set every day. And then like my list of other tasks that I drag and drop in priority order. Um, Got it. Very it's called cool. Mo Momentum dash. It's actually a really cool 
app that I've been enjoying. Momentum Dash. I'll have to check that out. Um, yeah, I think, and part part of I think what's so important for me, um, and probably has been the hardest part of all this stuff, is just morning routine because that's when I do some of these things. Um, and uh, you know, I have two kids and a and a wife that works, and so sometimes the the biggest challenge is just making a freaking list for what I have to work on for the day. <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> but, how hard it is to do that sometimes. <laughs> Yeah. So that's kind of what I use on a daily basis. And then long-term, uh, the, so the third tool I utilize is, is Trello, which I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys utilize as well, or IFTF. Um, We've actually moved to Asana, but yeah, but I mean, okay. I, I use Trello okay. for content projects. Got it. So um, essentially I, I, any, any pr um, project or task that will take longer than a day, it goes in Trello. Um, and so Trello is the first part of, my routine in the morning as it relates to uh, getting an idea for what I need to focus on that day. Um, so I start in Trello and I really just go through like, what are the things I'm working on at a high level? Um, I don't know if you're a fan of the scaling up or, um, oh, Big what's it called, Tracked. Yeah, so you know whole Big rocks thing. Yep. Yeah, so what are, what are the rocks I'm focusing on for the quarter? Like what are the quarter objectives, what are the monthly objectives? Um, and then I look at those and I kind of say like, what, how does that relate to what I have to get done today? Um, and then of course, as a CEO, you're well aware, it all gets derailed and, you know, I get, Hey Ross all day long um, <laughs> and that's just part of it. But um, yeah, so those, that's, those are the three things that I have utilized um, that I've, that I've found worked well. It's, it's taken me a long time. I mean, I've tried, I've tried so many different things. I've tried every, probably every app imaginable or almost everything to just figure out how to get a control of this. And I think those are, those are the ones that have worked for me um, fairly well, I'd say. So that's, um, that's, a, that's got a funny segue into, uh, do you have any quirky habits or behaviors? Like things like that you, you may not even be personally cognizant of or you weren't until somebody sort of pointed them out to you. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest one is I'm just fidgety. Um, you know, I'm all, I, I've, I've played the drum since I was eight years old. Um, and so I just, I'm always like tapping on stuff and yeah, I, I can't not like have a pen in my hand and be twirling it or, you know, I, I think that's probably the, the biggest thing that, that comes to my mind um, that certainly uh, drives other people crazy at moments. <laughs> uh, that's not, that's a good example. I'm, I'm, I'm not too dissimilar from that. Um, yeah, yeah. So in terms of other people, how do you get along with, with other folks with ADD? Um, do you have any employees that have ADD? Um, I think, I mean, certainly I do. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, I think that one of the, the key partners here definitely has it to an extent. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're a team of, of data people. Um, and so I think for the most part, a lot of those people, it's, it's not something they struggle with. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know that there's, there's a lot of other people. I think, you know, my, they're, they're, I'm not going to name names or positions. Yeah, um, yeah. Not, not that I think they would care, but yeah, there, there's definitely two or three people that I think, that I think have it um, equally, you know, probably lesser equally than, than I do. Um, and I get along with, I mean, I think I get along with them fine. I think I, you know, I think I get along with ADD people to some extent better as it relates to business relationships. Um, at a high level, just because they, I think there's grace, right? They understand. Um, I think that's, that's part of the, going back to your question about like, how's it, how's it affect your relationship? I think that's the hardest thing that, um, that 
dealing and communicating with people that don't have ADD is, um, you know, they don't just don't understand. They don't they, they can't conceptualize what it's like to be in the middle of a conversation, just completely lose focus. Um, and so I think communicating and um, getting along with other people with ADD is, has been, I, I don't know, I've never, certainly never noticed any, any, any struggle with it. Um, partially because there probably is that level of grace. Um, so what are you, what would you say are your most and least favorite things, aspects about ADD? Yeah. Um, I think the most is that, um, in, in my opinion, and, and maybe this is not part of my ADD, but I think it's, I think it's part of the, um, part of what has come with it for me is I, I just think that it allows me to think really quickly. Um, I can move from one thing to the next and grasp it. I'm, I'm not saying I can move to one thing from the next because I'm not focused. Like I, I, I learn things really quick. Um, I understand concepts fast and I'm ready to move on and tackle the next issue. Um, and so again, I, d I don't know if that's ADD, but it certainly seems, and I mean, you tell me if, if you agree or not, it certainly seems like something that ha has been common amongst people that have it. That, no, that's a, that's a pretty common uh, characteristic. So like, like there's, the, you know, if you think of the two sides of the coin, there's the symptoms uh, and then there, there's sort of the attributes, um, and the attributes tend to be strengths. You know, they obviously, you know, strengths can be weaknesses in certain scenarios, but, um, you know, the ability to absorb very large amounts of information very quickly, learn very quickly, um, see, uh, different routes and paths, uh, usually, you know, to the end of a solution. Um, it's a form of creativity, but it's just because, you know, your, your brain works different. You know, you, everybody goes, you know, you're, you're trying to make it around the block. Everybody else may go up, make a left, go down to the next block, make a right and make a right. An ADD person may make a right and go halfway down the block, take an alley uh, and cut down a side street and, and get there. You right. Know, it, it's, you know, same amount of time, uh, just a different path. Absolutely. Um, and, I, and I, you know, my least favorite thing is, as, as you put it earlier, I think it's the second D, you know, it's just a stigma. Um, it's, yeah, it can be, it can be a tough thing to have at a young age, um, in an environment where, where people interact with each other via, um, you know, putting each other down and stuff like that is just very much how, how high school was and amongst my groups of friends. Um, and so I think, I think at that, that, that age, I think just the, the stigma of it being a disorder versus being a different way that people engage with the world um, is this, that's how I see it. Right. They're, they're people are different and ADD people are maybe more different um, in some ways. They're certainly of the 80, 20 rule. They're, they're the 20 or lesser percent. They're, they're outside the box. Um, and I think as everything else in the world, that's in the 20%, it's, it's perceived as um, people don't know how to deal with it. And so I think that's just the hard part is just the stigma. I think that you nailed it earlier. Um, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I actually, and I agree with a lot of that. So would you, would you say ADD has helped you grow your business? Uh, yeah, well, I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's a tough question. I think, uh, go, just going back to the last question, I think that it has in the sense that, um, I see myself here as somebody who's very well-rounded. And I think that goes back to that last question, which is I, I have an ability to learn especially technical things I've learned like over time, I can just learn quickly to a, to enough level to where I need to understand something conceptually. And, and we're at a size in the company. I think I've told you this before. Like I'm, I mean, I'll be the first to admit it's been three years, two or three, two, three years since I've actually personally gone in and like managed an account 
or like done some of those things. Um, but I know everything enough conceptually to be able to hire the right people for it, to be able to tell if, um, you know, we're taking the right direction. And so I think that being able to learn so many things like that um, quickly has, has, has helped me immensely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, awesome. Um, getting down to the end here. So what's your favorite book on either business or productivity and why? Yes, I have a number. Can I, can I only have one? No, no, not at all. Okay. So, um, I think one of my, maybe, and this is top of mind. So to keep that in mind, I think, um, I just finished egos, the enemy. Um, and, uh, we have, we have a mutual friend, I won't name him, but I, he's probably told you about that book. It's, it's by Ryan holiday who, um, Ryan holiday was the chief growth marketing director at, um, not Urban Outfitter. Was the was the company with the CEO who just kind of went crazy? Uh, the clothing, the clothing company. Do you know what I'm talking about? God, it slipped my name. Um, oh God, I forget his name. His name is Dove. Dove. Anyways, he he worked for that guy, and um, he's just he's had a lot of incredible business experience, and so he wrote this book, "Ego Is the Enemy." It's just all about um, how you know, how detrimental ego is in, in life and business. Um, and I think what was really, really interesting in that book for me is, um, he actually described insecurity as a form of ego, which I just never, I, I, I never heard anybody make that connection before. Um, and it's, it's, I can't, I, I can't regurgitate, um, how he did it, but it was, it was just so brilliant. I think that in my experience, I think that you, you've known from us working together, I think for me, search logic and what makes us unique and, and what I'm most passionate about business is all about people um, and building people up and, and um, you know, working with people. And I think it's just, it's one of the, the, the hardest parts in business, especially at the executive level is just, is keeping egos checked. Um, and so I think for me, that was just such a, it was, it was one of the best books I've read in a really long time. Um, I, 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 you could argue it's not a business book, but I think there's just so much application. And the that other one is, book. Totally. yeah, I mean, there, there's a ton of application for me personally. I mean, we utilized a lot of the stuff, a lot of the concepts our last director offsite um, went through some of the, the stuff that they talked about. So it's been, it's been really helpful for me. Um, Five dysfunctions of a team is one of my favorite um, on just on teams and business books and learning, you know, what a good team is, how it works together. What are the foundations of a team and um, that that's, so that's a good one. And then more of like the, just the foundational ones, good to great is always a great one. I love a lot of the philosophies that he teaches in there about what a great leader he is versus a good leader um, scaling up. And then the great game of business are probably my, my most, my most favorite, like actual tactile. I think that you've yeah. read both of those. Yep. They're, they're, they're very tactile. They're, they're not as much philosophical as some of the other books I just mentioned where they're like, these are the things you need to do to achieve X, Y, Z. Um, so, I'd say those are, those are definitely my top five um, at the moment. Um, those are all great books. Um, I've heard of all of the, of, of the two, of all five, but there's two in there I haven't read that, that, are, def, that, are, that are already on my list because I've, I've been recommended them by several people. So um, no, those are solid. Uh, very last question I got for you. Um, I'll let you go because we're, we're coming up on our time limit here is um, what advice would you give to an aspiring entrepreneur with ADD? Yeah, so I, I think the first thing you have to do is you have to unlearn what society has taught you about ADD, which is that it's bad. Um, 
you know, everybody's different and there's, there's not a perfect personality that leads to success. That's one of the, that's been one of the most kind of eye opening realizations as an entrepreneur is like you look at, um, you, you, if you read business books, you know, if you read a hundred business books, you're going to come to certain conclusions based off of correlative data. And as an SEO guy, you obviously have, you know, the, the whole correlation versus causation thing is, is always talked about a, a lot. Um, and I think that's equally true for, for leaders and, and successful leaders. If you look at, you know, a thousand CEOs, um, yeah, 60% of them are going to wake up at five in the morning, right? And 60% of them are going to, are, are going to do certain things, but that means there's 40% that are like not doing those things. And they have a complete, uh, you know, complete different way of operating. And so I think you just have to be so incredibly careful to understand that, um, that, that who you were, were made as or evolved as or whatever it is that you believe is not wrong. It's just that, you know, we, we live in a world where um, our education system was, it has not, in my opinion, evolved much from a hundred years ago. You know, when when the main form of 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 media was broadcast radio, right? Before you had a, a freaking device in your pocket that could access all of literally like almost all of the information in the world and learn anything almost instantly. Um, and so, I think that times have changed. I think that that the the quote unquote systems of of education have not adapted, and so. Um, yeah, I think my biggest advice is just, you, you have to understand that, um, at least now, right. The, the, this, the third D as you put it is still a D it's still there. That's still how it's, you know, as far as the education system is concerned, that's still how they look at it. Um, and you gotta understand that, that being outside the box is, is fine. And, and in my opinion, and I'm sure you'd probably agree, it's a better place to be. Um, it's just harder and you have to overcome some things. So I think, um, I think that's the big one. Um, and then I think lastly, you just, you have to figure out what your gifts are and what motivates you. I think more than any other group I've ever worked with ever, I think that entrepreneurs and people with ADD seem to be driven intensely by vision, um, and by mission. And, uh, it's, you know, it's damn near impossible to get them to focus on something they don't give a shit about, but when they're passionate about something, when they see the vision, when they see the end of the tunnel and what's possible, what they can do you know, watch out. Like, I think that that that's been my experience. And so, um, when I look back at, 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 at education, I think that part of the reason why I probably didn't do as well as others, because I wasn't passionate, right? It wasn't, it didn't, it didn't fuel me. It didn't drive me. Um, and I think that, uh, when I'm excited about something, um, you know, going back to, to what's the best cure for it, maybe that's the answer. Maybe it's doing stuff that you love, you know? Yeah, engineer a life where you're 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 only responsible. Your responsibilities are attached to to um, things you're passionate about in one form or another. Yeah, and I think going back to um, you know, just going back to the thought about like education. Um, I think that that it's going. I think that there's there's people who are working on it. I'll say that I don't know that it's going the right direction. It's such a massive institution to be able to change right on a on a macro level. But um, you know, if you look at stuff like like Khan Academy, um, anyone who's seen, you know, Salman Khan's Ted talk, um, is, it's just, you know, his, there's, there's little things. It's like his, his recommendation of like having homework be done in class and having the lesson part be done at home where some people learn at a different rate. Um, having peer to peer, you know, help like there, these are things that are not, 
don't require massive amounts of change, um, but but make massive amounts of impact. So I think that it's great to see that that's happening. Um, you know, online schooling is becoming more and more popular. So I think it's I think it's going in the right direction. Um, and like I said, you know, we have a device in our pocket now that's thirty two thousand times faster than than the guidance computer on the on the you know, on the um, rocket that sent people to the moon. Like <laughs> we, we're it's 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 on the you know tips of our fingers. And so I think that um, I look forward to to seeing what people like Salman Khan and, and some of the other people that are really pioneering how we change the way that people are taught will will we'll deal with people like you and like like me and, and the rest of the world who has ADD or AD. Should we just start calling it AD? <laughs> uh, that, was, that was an awesome, uh, that was an awesome perspective, man. I really appreciate that. So um, I just want to thank you again, right before we wrap up here. Um, just thank you for coming and thank you for giving, uh, giving, you know, everybody your time. Um, I know you are an extremely busy person um, and I really appreciate you taking some time to uh, Absolutely. share your thoughts yeah, on the subject with us. So. Yeah. Well, it was my honor. Thank you very much. All right, man.